Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the bed, 877-337-6666. Hope every, uh, everybody had a great Father's Day weekend. Father's Day is still weird for me getting adjusted to actually being a father. Like, it's never been about me my entire life. It was always about my father, who unfortunately is no longer here. But even, you know, with his passing, you still you do things to honor him and whatever. You try to go to the cemetery if that's your thing, whatever it may be. But when you are the father it's a little bit different and i'm not one of those guys who you know look i like playing golf but i haven't played in years it's not a priority for me there are a lot of other things i'd rather do than go play golf but i know like people on father's day oh leave me alone i'm gonna go play golf and that's what i like to do for father's day my wife had this idea that like me being a father like all i wanted to do was spend the day with my daughter and i was like well that's not I don't think what Father's Day is supposed to be <laughs> like what I'm supposed to say I don't want to see her or you the entire day leave me alone so you know it was a nice mix of I did some stuff that I would like to do um I figured a, a balance of both honoring and thinking about my father and doing some stuff for me and also getting to spend plenty of time with my daughter but it's just a weird dynamic when you are the father, especially new. Like, this is my now, I guess, third Father's Day. Yeah, because my daughter was born in April of 2021. So this is my third, technically, Father's Day uh, being a dad. It, but it's just, I don't know. It's It's weird. It's weird getting used to the, you know, uh, that role. Maybe I should pick up golf and then have an easy thing. Okay, well, Father's Day from now on, this is what it is. Daddy goes and plays golf. See you later. You know, paying attention to the games as well, whether it's the Yankees getting swept in a double dip or the Mets losing at home to the Cardinals in another dreadful baseball game. I'm trying to teach my daughter baseball, and she knows you know, right now, baseball, baseball. And I was trying to teach her, let's go Mets with the clap, and she got into She didn't say it, but she got into it with the clap a little bit. Problem is the team stinks, and I start to think now, do I really want to do this to her? Do I want this to be any kind, like at least if I have the bond with her that we have right now as far as the Muppet Show goes, you know, I put her on the Muppet Show and Kermit, hi Kermit, Muppet Show, Muppet Show. Every time she sees me, I come downstairs for the, for, you know, in the morning, Muppet Show open. She likes the opening theme just over and over again. Matter of fact, on the way to Staten Island for the softball game, which I'm still trying to physically recover from, 
And I must say, I had a decent showing, defensively at least. That was always a defense. That's why I love Ray Ordonez. I could play defense. I just couldn't hit. But I'm still trying to recover uh, with my legs. My right knee is absolutely killing me. I don't know what the hell happened. Anyway, on the way there, two and a half hours and a lot of traffic, the last half hour of which was Muppets Mananana playing that, that song playing over and over and over again. Yeah, because two hours in a car, two and a half hours in the car with a baby, you know, t- that's not pleasant. And two hours in the car with the baby plus the wife, you know, if the baby starts screaming, then the wife starts screaming at me, like, you better get there. I told you this trip wasn't going to work. Well, that's what it was, Muppets, Manana. Anyway, trying to teach her Let's Go Mess, but I'm thinking that that bond may not be something that I want to create because then I'm going to get her into this and she's going to want to watch the Mets or, you know, root for the Mets because of me. I can't have that on my hands, especially now. At least when I was growing up and getting into it, you know, the Mets were good. This was the mid-80s. How could I bring her into this now? I thought last year was going to be the beginning of something special. Unfortunately, that is not the case. 877-337-6666. Chris is calling from Beacon. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. Uh, first off, congrats, bro. I'm going to miss you. really am. For Fair what? Enough. I'm not going anywhere. Do you know something I don't? Uh, I, Sal, it's the worst worst kept secret ever. I think Herbert Herb make the announcement so people can just stop, you know, commenting about this and what their thoughts are. But I haven't heard anybody those- comment about anything. As far as I know, I'm here. I mean, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. So I don't know what you're discussing at this point. But let's just keep it to the Mets and, and Yanks or whatever's on your mind, Chris. And um, don't bring don't bring your daughter into this mess, Sal. Let her pick a team or, you know, push her maybe toward Yankees. I can't believe I'm saying that. But at least don't don't put her through this dumpster fire of a team or organization because it's, it's depressing. It's, I grew up my whole life with this. And it doesn't get any worse than this, Sal. You know, I told you from the beginning of the year, I don't feel good about this. Everything fell through from the Correa situation. We thought we were going to go to World Series. And then the debacle with losing Diaz. And you see today how crucial that injury is when you have a loser like Adovino. And I was laughing. I was watching today. You know, my wife's at work, so she works every other weekend. So I'm home just doing things around the house. And I'm doing things while I'm watching this. And I knew this guy was going to give a home run. He just, he sucks He's so terrible. Bad, it's he, he's terrible. And he's like, he's underrated bad because mm. of last year and because maybe others are worse. Like, my initial thought when I saw him give up the home run was A, wow, shocker, couldn't see that coming. And B, he is the second worst only to Drew Smith. Like, I, my initial thought was, I want to tweet something out like he is the absolute worst. And I thought, well, he's not the absolute worst. Drew Smith is the absolute worst. He's the second absolute worst. I can't stand the sight of Adovino or Drew Smith for that matter. Tie them both in. Get them both out of here. Yeah, and when you're doing a show with uh, at the beginning of the year with, with Jerry, he's like, and, and you're saying how significant a Diaz injury is. And he's like, well, there's no way you're going to predict he's going to be as good as last year. It doesn't matter. Even if he's half the guy. Okay, you're gonna get those. You're gonna get those outs and, and win games. We have lost so many games, probably not having this guy on the mound. And and, and Sal, like, you know, you know, first time I called the fan is last year to you because you're just this good of a host. But I called after that three loss when we lost the division to the Braves, and I was sitting at home on that. I know I remember it was a Tuesday night. I'm off Tuesday night, and we were playing Washington at that point, winning those meaningless games. And I called you, and I said, Sal, I am so sick to my stomach. The season we had, the most 
games I ever watched in my life. I was excited about it. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. say be called a fraud fan because, well, if you're not watching that, I do. I, I watch plenty of these 70-win games. But when I'm you know, four years old with a wife that doesn't watch sports, with a kid doing more family No, things, I get it. I, I get it. Look, they got to be – Chris, it's an excellent point. They've got to be – at this point in our lives, they've got to be good to make it worth your while. You're not sitting there locked into a three-and-a-half-hour game or whatever it may be if they're if they're a 70-win team. But when they win 101 games, it's more interesting trying to win a division, seeing what they're going to be like for the playoffs. So obviously, the better they are, the more locked in you're going to be. I understand. I get it. Now, 15-year-old Sal, I'd watch regardless. It didn't matter to me. But it's different as you get older and have other obligations. You're going to, you're not going to make a, you know, a team that's under 500 a priority. I'm sorry you're not. Yeah, and the reason why I, I gotta put all this on Epler, but it was like they just felt like last year we had everything we needed, and when they went that trade deadline to get Ruff and Vogel back, two players who are not good, and this guy, do I have to still see this? I don't care. He hit a meme this home run the other day. The guy sucks, dude. And when you had a guy, I, I look at a guy like JD Martinez who's mashing home runs over in, in LA. He got what ten million dollars for one year. You couldn't get this guy fifteen million dollars to get a real DH. Just get somebody that can hit the ball, man. Like it's it's just it's unbelievable to me. And I don't know, Sal. I don't know what's going with you in the future, but I wish you congrats on anything. If you're here, you're going somewhere else, man. But I I hope you don't go somewhere else right this moment because the one thing I'm gonna hopefully be excited about this year is hopefully the Jets are gonna do something because I gotta see. You know, thank thank God the Knicks may be trending the right direction. But this year, this match, this summer is over, dude. It is over. Well, who knows? Like, I got nothing going on to September, man. I don't even want to watch this crap anymore, man. I'm just thinking well, go about on, something. Go on vacation. No, I, I get am. it. Hey, look, look, Chris, they're going to be buried, <laughs> and I appreciate the call. They are going to be buried before – I mean, they might be buried already, but they're going to be buried before the 4th of July. And the All-Star break is going to – I mean, you're not going to come back to the Mets once you get into the All-Star break. The Yankees are going to be a different story. See, the Yankees will be a story throughout – because worst case scenario, the Yankees are going to be a team that is going to be fighting for a playoff spot. We thought that that would be the case with the Mets. Right now, I can't foresee the Mets making it interesting even to get into the postseason. It's going to be a long summer, no doubt about it. It's going to be, I mean, you start to get to August, it's going to be about football around here. Where last year, I didn't even personally think about football until the Mets and Yankees were done. Like, obviously, we thought about it a little bit, but the Mets and Yankees were, first and foremost, you know, the, the, the they were on top of our minds or at the front of our minds with their successful seasons last year and thinking about how far they could go in the playoffs. Not, in, you know, baseball season went a long way last year. Not this year. Not with both teams, anyway, where they were both a storyline throughout the year last year. The Mets will not be a storyline throughout the year this year. So if you're a Met fan and don't care about the Yankees, yeah, you're going to start gearing up for your football team. And even with the Knicks, and you just say in passing, Chris, and we'll get into the Bradley Beal stuff maybe in a little bit, where I was actually disappointed that Beal, hey, he got traded and he's going to Phoenix. I didn't think it was realistic for the Knicks, but that should have been a player that they should have gone harder after. And now it sounds like Miami's going to try to turn their attention to maybe getting Dame Lillard, seeing if they could get him. You know, we, we are intrigued about what the Knicks could potentially do this offseason here to try to improve this ball club. But what this Mets season should teach you is that nothing is guaranteed. You can't just look at the Knicks and say, well, now the Knicks are on the upswing. And they are with Brunson there. But there are no guarantees. You know, even... 
within the the Knicks themselves pre Brunson, you know, this regime, right, had success a couple years ago with Randall being an All Star, getting to the postseason for the first time in a while, taking on the Hawks, whatever. Then they missed the postseason and were dreadful the next year, and then bounced back last year. Now you hope that it could be sustained success something that we want to see in all sports with all our teams, sustained success. The Yankees have been the only one to be able to do that, which is why, you know, Cashman and company deserve a ton of credit, even if it hasn't been to the highest of levels, like not being in a World Series since 2009, but they've at least had the sustained success. Well, the Knicks have to prove that they could be there. Would you be shocked beyond belief if the Knicks somehow didn't make the playoffs this year? This upcoming season, you know, who knows? Especially with the thought of they may just be running it back. Anything could happen, whether it's injuries, whether it is poor performance, sometimes a combination of both. It's why you can't just sit there and say, you know, and the Mets have been down this road maybe more so than anybody else. Because in 2006, it was supposed to be, well, the Mets, it's the Mets time to take back over the town again like they did in the 80s. And we're still waiting for that. It happened in in the late 80s, and that was it. It's the Mets time again. 2006, right, Reyes, here we go. And what happened the following year? The following year after a very disappointing ending to their season in the NLCS in 2006. The following year. which was actually similar to last year in certain regards. It wasn't a collapse, but it was, you know, in in last year was not a collapse. But they blew the division to Atlanta and have not recovered from it. Well, in 2007, where we all thought this was going, maybe not we all, but a lot of people thought this is going to be the time for the Mets. This is where they turn their franchise around, sustain success. Coming off of 2006, all right, very disappointing, but they're going to be back. And they were back. Seven and a half game lead with 17 to play in 2007. And they collapse and blow it. And that was that. That team that we thought was going to have sustained success was finished. They had one year where they disappointed in the postseason in the NLCS. And then they had the next year where they collapsed and they never recovered. And from there, it's been nothing... But misery, really. 2008, disappointing, closing out Shea Stadium in a way that only the Mets could do. Getting eliminated on the final day of the year. 2009, new ballpark, same results, bad team. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And then, you know, the, the I don't want to say out of nowhere run in 15, but the overachieving fun year in 2015 Terry Collins led the way and you know that that young starting rotation was dominant and they dominated in the postseason to get to the World Series great year outside of that that's it you know even the next year it hurt same thing the year after that oh here we go the Mets can take a step forward again nope they get hurt they were lucky to make the playoffs they did make the wild card and that's been it like the, the idea of sustained success is very hard to come by for certain teams. And that's one thing with the Giants. Now, see, I like the Giants' leadership with Joe Shane, Brian Dable. You have to like what Daniel Jones did a year ago. But 
that would be a team that you'd have to yeah, – I'm not worried about them. I trust that they'll be well-coached and put together well, and you hope that they can be better than they were a year ago. But be careful with the results because the results of it, they may not go as far as they did a year ago, which was to the second round of the postseason, kind of out of nowhere. Well, not kind of. It was out of nowhere. Giants getting the second round of the postseason. And now the idea is everybody's thinking, well, they're going to build off of that and maybe go even further. Maybe they could beat the Eagles for a division, all that stuff. But that would be a team that maybe you look at that could have a little bit of regression because they're still kind of rebuilding this thing. I don't know. The idea, though, of sustained success, for whatever reason, for some franchises, I mean, look, some franchises around here just want success. Forget about sustained success, like the Jets. You don't need to sustain it necessarily. How about just have some of it? But the Mets, to me, are always the worst in that regard because anytime you think this organization is going to start to turn the corner, it's much like this team. This team this year, a microcosm of it. Anytime you think they're about to turn the corner, they have another thing coming. Sweep the Phillies, look out, get swept by the Blue Jays. You know, win uh, five of six at home. You know, take two of three from Tampa and sweep the Guardians. All right, here they go. Lose four of six on the road to the crappy Cubs and Rockies. Like, it's always something with this team. All right, take two of three from the Pirates. Nope, lose. All right, maybe they could get right against the Cardinals. Nope, lose. Speak your mind at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Everybody. We're Stuart in Brooklyn. Where's Eric and Ron Cogman? Usually by 3 o'clock. Don't they start calling in? 8, 7, I know it's a weird one. These Monday nights or Monday mornings sometimes can be tricky, especially I know Eric mob. already texted me, so he's up. He might just be busy with work for now. He, you know, he calls us in the down periods. Stuart, I have not heard from him in a few days. And, and also coming off of the holiday, and today is a holiday as well, June uh, Juneteenth, which I know a lot of. By the way, does that mean the garbage come today? Probably not, right? Which is another issue because I forgot to get the garbage out on Thursday. And now if they're not coming uh, today, it's a federal holiday. I believe the banks are closed and all that stuff. And the, the post office is closed. Um, so uh, so you get a, a holiday, which makes it uh, different as well, where people aren't getting up early, maybe. And going You're to still here, though. Yeah, I'm still That's right, Fleegs. I'm still here. I'm going to work. There's not even a uh, – actually, there's no Baseball Night New York show today either as uh, we observe the holiday Juneteenth uh, as well. So I know you and I are still here. we got to watch those days. I mean, I only have so many days of uh, vacation for the summer. Matter of fact, I'm taking two of them uh, next week as we decided to um, – I was supposed to go hang out with Jerry on Saturday. We couldn't do that as far as babysitting situation goes. So I'm going to go out east uh, instead. And I took off Monday and Tuesday next week. So I won't be here mon- uh, next Monday either. Um, but anyway, so it, we got to watch those days. Summer coming up. We got 4th of July, although I'm going to be working 4th of July, I believe, uh, with Jerry. But we'll find that out uh, and just make sure all those details coming up. It's Look, it's it's summertime. I mean, now you start to get uh, get ready for some of the vacation. So I get it. But people obviously observing the uh, yeah it's I, now Eric just telling me there is no garbage today. It, I come on, why can't they do this? Here's the thing with the garbage. I get that you may need a day off the holidays. That's fine, but can't you make up for it? Like why do we just gotta skip a day? 
It's that's we now got to wait till Thursday. That's a, that's a long time. These garbage bags sitting outside piling up. Come on, I can't stand it. Omar is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Omar? How are you, Sal? Omar, where were you? I wanted you to watch the Nick game with us a month ago or whenever that was. Where well, you didn't show up? Listen, I I find out with the WFN, and I I had no contact, and that time. I put in three people to come to you guys. I was miserable. I had a fever temperature. I tried to wake up. I was so bad that I couldn't even stand up. I had three guys do my route. Everything was arranged up to come to it. And I was feeling so miserable. I said, I am sick. And if my Knicks lose, I'll feel I tried to come in, but trust me, I wanted to call. I didn't have nobody to call at that time. How to call that I can make it up on that. And right. then yeah, we didn't have, on, you go we didn't on your contact. Thing, I cannot even call you whenever I wake up you are done basically uh, everybody else was here so I I couldn't even go to you I feel so miserable I felt so bad that I I am the reason that you got the next loss if I would have make up to you we would have won that game there was no turnover yeah. I still still feel it like that I said I haven't yeah. not talking to Sal for so long yeah, I know. I, I know I miss you. And everybody calls and asks about you. People who shut up are like, oh, where's Omar? And then we haven't heard from you since. I mean, I, I get so that you got a different sleep schedule, me. but come on. Oh, Omar. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that was a terrible so, loss. And and trust me, if I was there and that turnover happened, I would not have. Uh, uh, that would that table would have fallen. So yeah, it's better <laughs> that I didn't show up. <laughs> that table would not have been there. I have broken two TVs, I'm telling you. That 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 game and that moment, but I I give you after all the things happened, I look at the mirror and I said, man, the way they come in and ready to play that game six and took a fourteen point lead, I give kudos to uh, Tibido. Only for that reason, I said Tibido has to be back because these guys play hard for him. The, if 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 RJ Barrett goes one for ten and Julius Randle goes three for thirteen, that's not coaching fault. That's players' fault. That's all on players. He has so the ball in the hand of the best player, and you have a chance to take a lead or tie the ball game, and he turn it over. It's a player's fault. It's not coaching fault. And people come here, oh, they have five this or you should five Thibodeau. No, Thibodeau should be here next year. I want to see an upgrade. I want to be now. I want to say about this team. We we are sell. I have to look at very very. I have seen all the superstars that are available. What Phoenix just did, uh, if that trade is happening. Uh, they can say whatever that they are a championship team. How many times he is going to be injured? How many uh, games Kevin Durant is going to play? How many uh, uh, times that? Yeah, you but wouldn't to- you? But wouldn't you take a chance, Omar? And for the Knicks, I thought Bradley Bill. I've always liked Bradley Bill. I know he can't stay healthy, but I've always liked him as a player. And I think he's exactly what the Knicks need. Now, look, it's not going to happen. He's going to Phoenix. But don't you take that chance if you can, like Phoenix? Uh, listen, uh, that's what I call. I after all the people that are available and what we have to give up, I will bring up all the players back. The only trade I will do that Indiana Pacer dying to get Obi Toppin. He is not going to get the minutes here. He has not improved that we have to keep and give him an extension. Get for I give them first round pick. They are asking late first round pick and Obi Toppin for Buddy Hield, and then. You deal because the way Washington is dealing players, then you deal, tell Pozingas to opt out of his contract and give him 
a four-year extension. If you don't want to opt out, give them. Uh, they don't because they, with the Bradley Beal, they didn't even have to give up a player. So they are giving players for free because they are uh, negotiating. They are getting a first-round pick. So give a first-round pick and bring players. So your two, they your need, two they, they want first-round picks, Washington, right? Yes. And they didn't even get two, one in the your, your two trade. deficiencies. Your two deficiencies. A three-point shooter, Buddy Hill. He is a spot-up shooter, perfect for this uh, game for the next. And then you have a center that can score. And when you are down, you can play him at five. And sometimes you can play when you have to give rest to Julius Rondell. He can play four. And Mitch they can need play a five. big. I'll tell you, Omar, I'm with you on Porzingis. When I read that Porzingis would be a possible option, hey, this is a few weeks back, just looking at some of the options maybe the Knicks would have in free agency going into this offseason, Porzingis is a perfect fit. He is a, simply put, he's a big who can stretch the floor because he can shoot. I mean, that is one thing we saw with Porzingis. A big that can shoot and stretch the floor is exactly what this team needs. I'm all for it. I'd love to see Porzingis back. You have two shooters and all the Josh Hart with the whole season. We have a great record with Josh Hart. We go and we were in game six with Miami Heat. Let's bring it. I know they are trying to get Lillard, but we, we are in the Eastern Conference. We become better with Prozingas and Buddy Hill and bring all these players back. Obi Toppin, I'm sorry. Uh, I love him, but he's, uh, uh, with Julius Hunter here, he's not going to get his time. So, uh, and really, uh, what does he do? Indiana you know what I mean? Pacers want to run the ball with Obi Toppin and Halle Burton and young players. Let him go there and enjoy, and they can extend him whatever he wants to. Yeah, maybe, he's, maybe he's a better fit, but what does Obi Toppin do for the Knicks? Like, yeah, he's great in transition. Fine, he can't shoot the three, yet he wants to. It drives me up a wall with Obi Toppin. So I like him as a player, you're right, but he doesn't do what the Knicks need. They, 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 he doesn't fit any uh, a role for the Knicks. Yeah, with Thibodeau type of offense, he doesn't fit it in. Uh, even he gave a great uh, first quarter in the game six when he lights up two threes and uh, we have a 14-point lead. But suddenly that gave a... But uh, uh, Julius Randle was injured. Listen, uh, look at Denver uh, uh, Nuggets. They were injured last two years and they stay with the team and they win the championship. Knicks were injured. Julius Randle was injured. Iman quickly was injured. Quinton Grimes was injured. Bring those players back. Upgrade uh, center and a shooting guard position with Buddy Hill and Prozingas, and let's roll. Let's go. I'm already hungry. The way we die, I am dying. I, I, I felt so good now that I have talked to you. From that moment, I keep on telling my wife, my kids, I haven't talked to Sal for so long. I got to talk to him. <laughs> Whenever I get free from my job today, is the holiday, though, I get, I get easy free on the road before I'm inside the warehouse, I can call. So at 4.30, quarter to 5, sometimes uh, right at the last moment, I can come in. Sometimes you're busy, I cannot call. And I feel so good now that I can talk to you. Yeah, I'm, so, glad, I'm glad you called, Omar. Thanks for getting up early and calling. And by the way, what's up with your bills? Are you more excited for the Knicks season, or what about your Bills season getting started? Uh, listen, uh, the, uh, the, now I have gotten over uh, the Knicks, and now I'm ready as people come here and all – uh, New York Jets fans called New Jersey Jets. Here it is, the perfect scenario for me. On 9-11, the perfect scenario, 9-11, the real New York City team will trash the New Jersey Jets and tell everybody on 9-11 who the real New York team is. That is Buffalo Bills, not a Jersey team, a New York team. Let's go. We are going to trash New Jersey Jets. That 
and so everybody on a national telecast can see it, who the real New York team is. Look at you fired up. One more thing from you, Omar, because it says that you wanted to call and talk about the Mets. So I know you love the Knicks more than anybody. I know you love the Buffalo Bills more than anybody, even though they're going to lose again to the Jets. What do you want to say about the Mets? Do you follow the Mets or baseball? Yes, I follow. But the reason now I have a point to make and I can tell you people who will not agree with me. I tell that the 44 million, you can say whatever Willander and uh, Scherzer they give away. If if you're you you have to hit everybody try to be oh change Buckshaw Walter no the the problem is your owner that everybody that oh he spent the money it doesn't matter you have to spend money right forty years old two pitchers that has not that has basically but why did why is the Houston Astros after winning a championship is letting them go. They already read there. They think that he is over and the Mets can pay him $40 million. Bring in another player, pay him $40 million and he doesn't perform in New York. The Lindor, yeah, when he came here, he's crying about the fans, that how they behave. He is not a New York material. It has showed up and you gave him an extension. So all $40 million, $32 million, $40 million, all this players that have no, nobody else wants to pay. You guys want to pay, and you have to blame the owner to do it, not the general manager. The owner writes the check, but nobody wants to blame because he spends money. I don't care. He spends garbage money. He spends rather than give it well, to the but, garbage people. But, Omar, he... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea, as a matter of fact. Uh, we, could, they, you know, we, we could use it. The, the, the owner is not the one deciding on the players. It's Billy Epler who recommends the players, I'm assuming. It's not like Steve Cohen's going out there in free agency, scouring the market, saying, oh, I want this guy or I want that guy. It's the, with the recommendation of the general manager. Yeah, he hired the general manager. Oh, and now you're going to tell me, oh, next year Otani is going to come here because he has connection with Otani. That's why mm-hmm. he bring him here. He had a ba- he was a bad GM. Who bring the GM? This guy. So uh, the owner bring the GM. He has a bad and and angels has a greatest payroll, but still never make the playoffs. What do you expect he's going to do? A great thing here uh, in New York City yeah. when he, he cannot do it in Anaheim. You have well, they, to blame they, our Omar, they, 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 to blame the owner. When they, our, they did win. You can't owner. blame the owner, Omar. You, you're not going to blame. Look, you can't. And thank you for the call, Omar. And it is great to hear from you. I, I do appreciate you checking in. And I could talk to you all day long, especially with your passion, whether it's for the Knicks or the Bills. And now, apparently, the Mets. But here's why you can't blame the owner. Because anything as a sports fan, the, the only thing you could ask for as a sports fan from your owner is that they do everything they possibly can to put the team that you root for, that they own, in a position to go for it every year. Put the team in a position to compete to win a championship, whether it is Jim Dolan, whether it is Woody Johnson, whether it is Steve Cohen, whoever, it doesn't matter. Whatever owner it may be, all you could ask as a fan base is that they put the team in a position to go out there and try to win a championship. And Steve Cohen has done that since he's taken over. He's given every resource possible to his organization. 
this is not a business for him. I mean, ultimately, it's a business. I, I get that. But he's not making money here. He's trying to win. And I can't criticize an owner who spends more than anybody else. Now, you could talk about the money not being spent properly, but that's not his job. And he's also learning here. His job is to give the resources. Obviously, he's going to sign off on on certain things. But give the resources to the baseball people and let them do their job. That's why we focus the blame on the baseball people. Whether it is Scherzer or Verlander themselves, whether it is Lindor, whether it is Billy Epler or Buck Showalter, those are the baseball people. Those are the people who are either making the decisions to bring in certain players, the people who are making the decisions to play certain players, or the players themselves who have to go out there and perform. This is not the prior regime where we could call and complain and yell and scream about them not doing enough. That was the issue with prior ownership, is that they didn't do enough. That every year you would go into the season saying, this team isn't good enough. It would take a miracle, like 2015, for this team to have success because they're not investing enough, nearly enough, in this team. You know, they were operating like a small market team going for quantity as opposed to quality. Well, it's been different under King Cohen where he goes and gets the best. Now, it didn't work out. And I would say that the biggest issue I have with Billy Epler is his philosophy is flawed. And the biggest mistake that he made was doubling down on that philosophy after witnessing it get beat firsthand a year ago. When it mattered most, and I know you've heard me say this a long time, but it's it's the point. When it mattered most, a team that was built on its starting rotation had it lined up healthy and ready to go in Atlanta for the season, for the division. All you had to do was win one game. You had your three best starters lined up healthy and ready. It wasn't like, oh, DeGrom's out, oh, Scherzer's out, and I know that they're going to say Scherzer was hurt. I don't care. He takes them out, and that's it. He's taking them out. And since what's happened from you know last year anyway, I have no reason to believe that it would have made a difference with Scherzer, whether he was 100% healthy or not. He's always going to be banged up. That's what happens when you get to 37, 38 years old. They had it lined up the way that they wanted. They had to win one measly game. They got swept. Then it was the reset button. Okay, well, you know what? So we didn't win the division. Yeah, that stung. That's We're kind of shocked. But we're built to win in the postseason with this pitching. Three games at home against the Padres. Same deal. Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett. And again, same result. So after watching that unfold the way that it did, Billy Epler should have realized that his philosophy was flawed. You do not build a team in today's day and age based on starting pitching. There needs to be more of a balance. 
And you can't invest that much money in the top of the rotation or the rotation in general, but in particular in two guys at the top of the rotation. One ace, absolutely. You need one ace. You don't need two. Now, the reason why the Mets got themselves in this predicament in the first place was because their ace, Jacob deGrom, was not one who you could rely on to stay healthy. So they had to go out and get another one as insurance. That's why they got Max Scherzer. And it built a team with two aces. Went healthy. And obviously they both were healthy together. Minimal. But they were both healthy together when it mattered most. And they didn't get the job done. So when they then let DeGrom go via free agency because they didn't think he was worth the investment. And they were right. I mean, you can't, and we said at the time, you can't invest that much money in a guy who's never healthy. It felt like, unfortunately, that this was going to be inevitable for Jacob deGrom, this result of the Tommy John. Anyway, didn't have an issue. It sucked, but didn't have an issue with the Mets letting deGrom go. Like, it sucked overall because you know how great of a pitcher he was and what he meant to the franchise, but you had to understand it. And they went and replaced him with Verlander. And the I didn't have any issue with it at the time because I'm thinking, okay, well, as long as it doesn't prevent them from going out there and bringing other guys back, going to get other guys, which it really didn't. However, it was a significant investment on top of an already significant investment in another pitcher to be another ace that's old. On top of not having a lineup that's enough. They went all in with their starting rotation. If you look at the Mets, clearly they did not improve necessarily in the offseason. They replaced in the offseason. And that was a problem. They needed significant or or a little bit more of a change, more significant change than what you saw from them, as opposed to replacing Bassett and DeGrom, you know, and Taiwan Walker in that rotation. They need a little bit more, especially in the lineup. It's not the reason why they're losing right now. It's the starting pitching, but the flaw in the philosophy of going all in on high-end starting pitching One guy, yes. Multiple guys, you you can't count on it. And that's been their biggest issue. Scherzer and Verlander. And I guess everybody else that follows. Carrasco, washed up. Tyler McGill, not as good. David Peterson, not good. Quintana, can't get help. You know, he's been out the whole year. And if it's not his flawed philosophy, then it's his mistake in evaluating what he had in comparison to what he brought in. Who do you think's better, Kodai Senga or Chris Bassett? Now, I'm not, I can't sit here and second guess because I didn't want Bassett back either after the way the season ended. But that's me being irrational, emotional, overreacting to two bad starts in the biggest spots. Outside of that, Chris Bassett was great. However, I can't let that go. And I guess neither could Billy Epler. But they replaced him with a guy in Kodai Singa who is exciting and fun to watch, but he's just not as good. You know, they bring in a guy in, in Jose Quintana to be durable and reliable, he gets hurt. I mean, that's sometimes just bad luck, but they chose him over some other options. Let's say Nate Valdi, who's been lights out for Texas. So two issues, I guess, with Epler. Either you get on him for the philosophy the flawed philosophy of just going all in and starting pitching, or 
the inability to pick the right starting pitching to invest in. Either way, it's on him. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk New York sports with us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. You were saying that it may not be necessarily the flawed philosophy with Epler. Did he really have any options with the big bats out there? We know Carlos Correa was one, and obviously that fell apart for other reasons. Aaron Judge, he was never leaving the Yankees, period, so it would have been foolish for the Mets to entertain. You think that's the case, Fleeks, that it's just a matter of that there's no big bat out there that the Mets could have gotten, which is why Epler went all in on the starting pitching? I mean, I don't know, but I think it's a fair question before everybody tries to bury the guy because of this one. And yes, it's an extremely disappointing season. The problem is with the pit one, the Mets had to fill a starting rotation out anyway, right? Because the last couple of years when he took over, it's not like they chose the free agent pitchers over anybody else they had internally. In fact, had they relied on the guys who showed promise last year, they would have penciled in Tyler McGill and David Peterson and to be in this rotation no matter what, and that would have backfired even more than it has so far this year where, thankfully, Peterson is working out his stuff in the minors. When it comes to the pitching versus hitting, I agree with you. I am somebody who, I mean, starting pitching is very important, but it's so hard to find the guys who really are that good year after year that I'd like to build my team a couple around a couple of like superstar hitters. Just the problem has been for the Mets, and this is both with Billy Epler and even the year before when Sandy Olison was running the team with Cohen, those kind of guys have not been available. Steve Cohen took over this team after Bryce Harper was a free agent, after Manny Machado was a free agent, after the Red Sox decided we're going to give away Mookie Betts. That guy has not been available to them since Steve Cohen took over. And I wonder, had he been, would they have chosen the big-time position player over the big-time pitcher? Yeah, and I think they would have. And maybe it's just me getting caught up in the now, but and, and also having known the history of this team where outside of 2006, where that team was built to mash, and they did, it has been pitching, 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 which, again, I always love. I do believe you need an ace. I See, I like the way the Yankees are built better, where they have their horse, their ace at the top of the rotation. They don't have $80 million, you know, $86 million invested in two guys at the top of the rotation. They have one ace. That's it. Garrett Cole. Now, obviously, they went out there and got Rodon, who I think is not an ace. He's a good number two. See, that's the way I would like it to be built. And I'm not knocking 
the acquisition of Scherzer or Verlander. I thought the Mets had to do it at each particular time. But, you know, it, it, it turns out Scherzer is not what he was, so he's not an ace. And they've invested a lot of money in that rotation, and they do have a lineup that is a little thin. So it's not just spending on the rotation. It's also knowing that they needed more offense. Now, to the owner's credit, he knew it. And they did try to go out there and get Carlos Correa, thinking that that was the missing piece. And obviously, Correa, you know, first of all, he hasn't been very good with Minnesota this year, but because of the medical issues, we know the deal with him, and it didn't work out. But as it turns out, he wouldn't have been the missing piece because if you add Carlos Correa to this team right now, forget about what he's done in Minnesota. Even if you add peak Carlos Correa to this team right now, simply not good enough because the starting pitching has been a total flop, which I guess brings us back to, okay, fine, you know you need starting pitching and how important it is, but then how do you know which ones to invest in? Starting pitching now all of a sudden has become like bullpens, fickle or volatile, hard to predict. Peter is calling from Woodbury. What's up, Peter? Hey, Sal. How are you? Great, Peter. How are you? I'm doing okay. I normally don't call you because I normally don't get up at this time, but, you know, the salicata passion got me up and waking here. So, I appreciate that. Two questions for you. Um, Number one, I missed your opening, and uh, whoever call, took the call said, "Well, Sal kind of talked about in the opening." But I almost—I've always thought that I, the Yankees may have—you know—they're playing for time. They may have a uh, team in reserve that is going to come in by midseason. But the larger well, I mean, question, they should be getting—they should be getting Bader back tonight, uh, tomorrow, which will help. Well, the Yankees are off tonight, so they should be getting Harrison Bader back tomorrow when they take on the Mariners. Yeah, basically the open, which by the way you could check out on the free Odyssey app in case you missed it while you were sleeping. We started the show talking about the Yankees, and I know their struggles, and everybody wants to rip them right now. I'm not falling for it again. I think the Yankees will be fine eventually. And to your point, Peter, it's not just about the guys that are coming off the IL eventually, but they will. And when they do, the Yankees will look like a different team you know and that's what i thought my second piece was taking the camera lens out a little farther is there anybody that we feel that has been on the yanks or the mets that is here because they just took the contract and they're getting paid and they're not really that good you know they're they're loafing because i think most of these guys want to do better um, I don't know if it's the want to, Peter, or lack thereof, and thank you for the call, and I appreciate you taking the time uh, to, to check in with us. I don't think it's the desire or want to, whatever, that's the problem. It's the performance. You know, Max Scherzer is a great competitor. Justin Verlander, great competitor. You know, Carlos Rodon, let's say, for the Yankees, he's he's hurt, and he should be working his way back. So I don't think that it's that these guys are just looking for a money grab. As a matter of fact, I thought with the Mets in particular, they invested in high-character individuals, which makes it even scarier. When you think about it, Steve Cohen went out there and gambled and spent a lot of money on known commodities, number one, and guys who are high-character individuals, whether it's Lindor whether it's Brandon Nimmo, whether it's Scherzer, Verlander. And these guys haven't gotten it done. If you want to, look, you could blame Epler, as I I think he deserves some criticism, 
for the flawed process for the people that he invested in, whatever. But you also have to blame the guys just for not getting it done. Guys who have done it historically, not getting the job done. At least with Verlander and Scherzer, there's some kind of excuse built in because of their age. At some point, you're going to hit a wall as a professional athlete. Unfortunately, Max Scherzer hit it with the Mets. And Verlander, you know, he's, I think he's still good. He's just got to work a little bit harder. Hey, look, maybe this pitch clock is a, is a factor here. Who knows, you know, with some of the struggles here. But Verlander at least has still looked like his dominant self. It may be for six innings at times, but he's still looked like his dominant self. Scherzer is not. And then you look at Lindor. Lindor has not been good. And that's a problem. You're investing in a big superstar. He's not playing like a superstar consistently since he's been here. Kevin is in Hoboken. What's up, Kevin? Hey, how are you, Sal? Great, Kevin. How are you? Good. I never knew you were on WFA on uh, WFN late nights. <laughs> I watch huh. you on SNY all the time. You know, it's six o'clock on baseball. You know, night New York. <laughs> But, oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. No. Now, how did you, you How did you not know? Like, are you just tuning in? Like, how did you stumble across this, uh, 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 that this was an occurrence? Me and, my, me and my girlfriend were coming back from Pennsylvania for Father's Day late. And we were, you know, put on this uh, FAN, which I haven't listened to in a while, to be honest with you. We listen to music in the car. And I went, that's Salatana. And she that's goes, me. that's well, the that's guy awesome. that you I... always agree with. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Kevin, for A, listening, B, calling, and C, watching Baseball Night in New York, 6 o'clock, Monday through Friday on SNY. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah. But it is true. Pretty much everything you say, I agree with all the time. That's why I think you're great. Not, I can't take much more to Mets. They're brutal. They're brutal. But number one, one of the things I remember you said, you know, you know kind of like back in the day, the World Baseball Classic or whatnot where Edwin Diaz got hurt, mm-hmm. that was not good. That's got to stop. You oh, knew. the Worthless Baseball Classic, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Edwin Diaz getting hurt, you knew that was going to equal losses. And it's obvious now that it has. It, it just has. You could bring him in for two innings. You know, obviously, as the close are at least two innings, they have none of that. But cut to the chase, the three guys who the Mets, they stink. It's Scherzer, Lindor, and Ottavino. He's awful. When do they think he's a reliable uh, bullpen guy? He's not good. He, well, he was good last year, Kevin, and thank you for the call, and I'm glad that you, uh, you, you discovered me on the radio here, on the fan, on these overnights. So I appreciate taking the time to give us a call, as we said. But, well, Adovino was good last year. That's why they're trusting him. He He's okay as an arm out of the bullpen. He can't be one of the arms out of the bullpen, which goes back to Edwin Diaz being out. Once Diaz, there were two things that happened in the offseason that had to have you have major concerns about the Mets. Look, luck is a big part of sports. If you haven't figured that out already, it is. You can do everything right, hire the right people, bring in the right guys. You you also have to be lucky. And unfortunately, the Mets have not been lucky. And this year in particular, they've been very unlucky. And two of those signs were, number one, Edwin Diaz going down in the World Baseball Classic. And this is not in order, obviously. But 
number one, Edwin Diaz going down in the Worthless Baseball Classic for the year. Like, when that happens, especially the way that it did, that's a sign where, hey, guys, uh, it may not be our year. The other thing was Carlos Correa, because at the time of the Correa signing, not signing, whatever, when he signed, when that report came out, kind of shocking the baseball world that Correa was going to sign a huge deal with the Mets, we were talking World Series. We were talking championship. We were thinking, oh, my God, this owner is not joking around here. They're going all in. And then that fell apart, and that was kind of the first, you know, pin in the balloon. I let the air out. That was, there was a, it was a big letdown after that. It's not anybody's fault. I'm not blaming the Mets. It happened. It's unfortunate, but that was a, that was a blow. And then Diaz was forget it. I mean, once that happened, you know, remember the Mets were built last year on Diaz' great success. And while their bullpen was okay to start the year, it has, because of the starting pitching, it has been overused, if not abused. And without Edwin Diaz, they just have not been able to overcome it. And the other guys just aren't as good. They're not good enough. Drew Smith, supposed to take a step up this year. He still stinks. Adovino was supposed to do what he did last year. He's regressed. It all adds up to a losing baseball team. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.